It's Leah. This interview with Jackie is so chock full of goodies. For ease of listening, I actually divided it into two parts. So be sure to click that subscribe button so you'll be notified on Wednesday when part two drops because mm, it actually is probably my favorite part of the interview and I want to be sure you hear it. Okay, let's get going. The Small Queen Dome Podcast, episode 32. <laughs> Okay, all my longtime listeners, do you ever get the Small Queendom podcast song stuck in your head? Because I know I will find myself humming and singing along throughout the day in the house and my kids are like, Mom, what are you doing singing the podcast song? It's so, it is so ironic. I'm like, wow, I'm singing my own podcast song here. Anyway, anyway, welcome back to the Small Queendom podcast. If you are new around here, this is the host, Leah Graham. Thank you for joining me. Here on the podcast, we're all about making personal development fun and moving to a space of emotional wellness. I also like to just kind of have fun and, and let it be a little bit of a lifestyle podcast as well. But for real, I'm trying to help you move the needle from surviving to thriving so you can curate that beautiful daily queendom every day in your life. Okay, so before we get to today's episode, I want to be sure that whether you celebrate Valentine's Galentine's or Palentine's Day that you know about my Enneagram gift guide, Sweetheart Edition. The link will be in the show notes. It is beautiful and it breaks down all the nine types and all of the gifts that you could possibly give your Galentine, Palentine, or Valentine this year. I would love for you to check it out. It's super beautiful and it's going to be really practical, especially now as so many of you are really diving in to your Enneagram type. It is super, super fun. So grab that link below. Also, I wanted to remind you about my Pay the Love Forward in February of 2019. If you leave the Small Queen of Podcast a review over on iTunes, I will be, in your honor, donating $5 to either the Love Does organization or Preemptive Love, my two favorite organizations doing beautiful work around the world, especially in war-torn areas. All right, so the, for those of you that are dealing with some of the winter blues and are just feeling kind of lonely because you're kind of stuck in your house, this is your chance to really sit down and have a chat with friends. This is my friend, Jackie Ritz. Jackie Ritz is, for one, she does a lot of things, but you might know her as the mastermind behind the Paleo Mama blog. This is a multi-award winning blog. It is beautiful. It's wonderful. It is so full of, of holistic uh, education, resources, vlogs, and um, wonderful recipes. Jackie has just done an incredible job creating a beautiful spot on the internet. But more than that, Jackie is a lover of all things natural. She's a, a kind and wonderful soul. Her and her husband live in the mountains of North Carolina, and I have just the privilege to be her friend, and she 
has come on this podcast and I'm telling you, we literally talk about everything. So Jackie and I talk about kind of moving into that natural lifestyle. We talk about going gray and letting go of, of beauty expectations. Jackie even walks us through what happened when she had her breast implants removed and all the implications of that. Jackie, fun little note, is an Enneagram 7, so keep that in mind. We also talk about efficiency in your business and even a little bit into her journey as a natural mama. I do want to remind you that this interview is only part one of two. I'm going to release the part two on Wednesday, so be sure to click the subscribe button. And um, in the next episode in part two, we're going to deep dive into things like miscarriage and also um, we'll lighten it up a little bit and talk about her latest amazing book that she recently um, released. So that part two will come out on Wednesday. So if you love it, I hope that you will share it on social media. Um, But I just think you're really in for a a treat. And grab your cup of coffee. And here is Jackie. All right, welcome Jackie to the Small Queen of Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, it's my pleasure being here. I've been wanting to jump on this with you for a while. So I'm glad that you kept reminding me because I'm horrible at texting back. So I'm happy to be here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, listen, uh, I think we could probably talk for hours and hours about a lot of things, but let's just start at the beginning and tell people who you are, what you're about, where your background is, and about thepaleomama.com. Sure. So I, um, I've had a blog, The Paleo Mama, for, I started it in February of 2012. So back when like mommy blogging was kind of cool. And I, I started it because I just had this urge to share what I was learning. Um, I think you had mentioned that when you started in your natural living life, it was because you had a baby and, or you were pregnant at the time. I remember you said something like that. And that was the same exact thing for me. So 10 years ago, I was pregnant and I was about to put something on my body and I looked at the ingredients. It was like some long word that I couldn't even pronounce. And of course, what did you, what do you do with a long word? You Google it, right? So I Googled it and like, it was like, could cause your baby to die in vitro. And I was just like, ah, and so that was the beginning (laughs) of how I started transitioning my life into living more natural. And then over the next year, I created the Paleo Mama blog and just used it as an outlet just to share some of my um, really crappy recipes that I was creating. I, I've, been, I've gotten better over time. Um, don't go look at those early posts. They're really ugly. And I think I took the pictures with my really old smartphone. <laughs> so... <laughs> It's gotten better over the last over the last six seven years, and um, we have really just created a a way of sharing natural living, plant based medicine, real food with our followers, who ended up being more than just my mom reading my blog. <laughs> so it's an it's an incredible resource. I love it myself, and but you know I wanted to mention I've I've recently been trying to live by the quote. If I'm going to get it wrong, but it's basically the point of if you don't look back at your first things and cringe, you started too late. And it's the idea of like, it doesn't have to be perfect. You're going to cringe on these early things. Just let it go. Keep going. 
Yeah. And that's, that's exactly right. Like even with different, you know, books that I've written, it's like, announce it before you write it and then just wing it. And a lot of the times it just comes together and you learn, you grow as you go. But that's where you really develop that entrepreneurship is just diving in and doing it. And, you know, in the process, making it beautiful. Totally. I, I, I love that your business has kind of, it's kind of gone full circle. It started as a blog and then you all do vlogs and really awesome videos um, about all sorts of things, especially around the farm, around like the home apothecary. And then you all hit the road and now you're back. It's just kind of been full circle. Um, do you find that in seasons of your life, you just kind of do and try new things and. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's really funny because I can't even pronounce it. Is it Enneagram that you Enneagram. made me take? <laughs> yeah, Leah made me take it. Um, so <laughs> I, I was a little hesitant. I'm like, not another one of these. And sure enough, I did it, took the test. Um, the questions were really funny. You should have heard my responses I was doing. I'm like, who would answer true to this? Like, really, people? <laughs> and, and so, of course, I come back as type seven you know, somebody who has an insatiable appetite for the world, just hates to be in the same mundane thing, really, really irresponsible is how I took it. Um, <laughs> and that's me. And, and so when I look back at our cycles of life, I'm like, oh my gosh, did I do this to our family over and over? But because of that and because of who I am, our family has had some amazing experiences. You know, we've absolutely thrown it all in and traveled the world in an RV, you know, for a year. You know, we've traveled and we just had a lot of fun. We went from city life. I mean, we were born and raised in the cities. Um, you know, my, my husband sounds like he's in New York and he's from Pennsylvania. I'm from Orlando, Florida. And we live on a 10 acre farm in the middle of nowhere now. Um, and we love it. And so it's, and of course, you know, it has its, it has its ebbs and flows of, I love it, I hate it, I want to quit, I want to put my farm up for sale, which we have done. And, and, but now we're in a place where we're just like very content, very grateful. And so when I was reading that type seven, it said when they're at their very best, us type sevens, they slow down, they become grateful, receptive, thoughtful, and they savor the present moment. And so that's kind of where I'm at now and I've been at for the last six months. Mm, that's beautiful. And I would say as your friend, I've noticed you kind of take that moment as well. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Totally. Thank you. I, I actually love that you're a seven because I think that at least for me, I'm a type three. I kind of wish I was a seven because it seems like sevens have a lot of fun. They, they <laughs> really know, they know how to go where they want to be. Mm -hmm. And um, are you familiar with Bob Goff? Everybody always or love does. He's a oh, great so I He's believe I've won one of those books from that Christmas party that we went to. So I haven't read it yet. Oh, he is a seven. Wasn't it one of those? Yes. Oh, okay. That'll be fun reading that. Yes. You'll actually will love that. And I just love how, um, like with your podcast and with your social media, you kind of bring us along on the journey and, um, we're actually doing a video for this uh, interview right now. And I love just looking at you because you have this beautiful dark hair and then you have like this gorgeous gray that's coming through. And I don't know if you can see with the light. I have quite a bit I love of it through my hair. And yeah, that's your, Hey, you got an amazing rogue strike. I love it. Yeah. It's right, in the, it's right in the front. And let's just talk about love that for it. a minute because you started sharing about 
going gray and stop, you know, you, you said, I'm going to stop doing, you know, the normal, what society says I need to do to be beautiful. I'm going to stop, you know, putting all these chemicals on my hair. You want to talk about that in a minute? Because it really resonated with me because here I am like 30 and I have a significant amount of gray. And I kind of think like, well, I'm looking too old. You know, people are going to think I'm older than I am. You know, let's talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually, I have to talk about the few months before that in order to get into that. And hopefully it's okay just to be completely honest on Absolutely. here. I think it is. I've listened to some of your podcasts. Um, I, I removed my breast implants about three or four months before that. Um, because I felt like a fake. I felt like a fraud. It was something I did in like my early twenties that, you know, I'm a big girl. I'm five ten. I'm, you know, got size 11 feet. I'm clumsy. And then I was born with size A's, you know? And so mm -hmm. as a early 20 year old, it's, I always felt I would put socks in my bras and just whatever I could do to make my boobs look bigger because that's what society said was beautiful. Um, and so well, it took me door to buy clothes everywhere. Exactly. So I, I, I mean, it took me, I mean, the last 15 years of who I am now to realize like that was dumb, Jackie, you know, if I could go back and redo anything, I know you asked this question um, to me before, if I could go back and do anything, it would be, I would tell my 23 year old self not to get breast implants. Okay, because they're only going to become a problem later on. And so I, um, I started researching, it was coming up on like 11 or 12, 13 years since I've had them. So around that time, you're supposed to get replacements. And so I was like, I really don't want to get replacements, but I, I don't want to look like I have flabby boobs now. Um, and so I, I just started a journey of looking into what other women were doing. And I discovered this whole network of women who were drastically taking out their breast implants oh, and wow. not replacing them and becoming who they were, the body that they were born into. Um, and it just really took me a lot of time to accept that that's what I wanted to do. And, and, and these women were sick. And so there's breast implant illness is a real thing and it, it's killing and poisoning women all over the world. And a lot of times they have no idea what the cause of some of the things that they're struggling with. Wow. And, so and you're saying that mm -hmm. the implants that women have, they're causing, it's causing other illnesses or symptoms of illness into their lives. Yes. Is it like yes. a toxicity and kind of issue? It is. So a lot of them are getting, you know, heavy metal poisoning. So a lot of times people are like, I have saline implants. It's no big deal. Well, what do you think your saline implants are in? They're in a silicone bubble. And that bubble is right up against your body, up against your skin and tissue. And, and a lot of times those people removing their implants, they have mold and all different sort of you oh. know, things inside that are causing their body to react to the mold, to the toxins, to the silicone, which is a very toxic substance. Um, autoimmune issues, lupus is huge. Um, just uh, even some minor ones like I was experienced, just brain fog and um, just really lethargic. That's kind of, I, I never experienced anything huge and I'm grateful for that. And, and so I wanted to get them out as soon as possible. As soon as I learned all that, I was like, I'm getting these suckers out. And so I removed them um, a year and a half ago, last summer, not this past summer, but the one before. 
And then it was in November that I was like, you know what? I'm like just being myself now. So I might as well just stop dyeing my hair. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and that was, I mean, that probably was more powerful than actually taking my breast implants out because really? it was a visual thing that people were looking at and seeing in me, you know, and I'm online a lot. I do a lot of blogging. I do a lot of Facebook lives and mm -hmm. you notice it, right? You notice if somebody's like, mm, you need to dye your hair and cover that up. But I was done hiding, you know, who I was. And I just wanted to show other women. This was the biggest reason as I want to show other women that you can be 37 years old, like I am, or you could be 20, you can be 40, you could be 60 and have beautiful silver hair. And in a lot of cultures, that's actually like a trademark of wisdom. And, you know, people look up to you. And so it's just this culture that it's the times need to change and more people like me and you need to step up and be an example and change that. Mm, I love that. Well, honestly, I had never heard anyone talk about it, but it was something I thought about all the time because like you, I'm very aware of what I'm putting on and around my body, but I, I mean, I'm not perfect. I still try to adhere to 80, 20, you know, 80, 80% of, mm -hmm. of the time, you know, I'm pretty, pretty clean, pretty, you know, natural. Then I've got my 20% over there. Um, you know, but I was always hearing of my friends going and getting highlights and going and getting, you know, a, a totally new hairstyle or a, a, with a new hair color. And I was like, oh, should I be doing that? And so when you came out and you're like, I'm done dyeing the hair, you know, it has lead in the dye. I'm not doing that anymore. I was so inspired. And I was like, you know what? There we go. There we go. Mm hmm. Yeah. And you know, I wasn't even using hair dye that had lead in. I was henna. I used henna and I used henna for the last like eight years. So I could argue it's natural, you know, and all that, but I, you know, I was just tired of it. I'm tired of actually the time it takes to dye my hair, the money. <laughs> I'm tired of going to sleep with henna on my head and having to wash it all out. I just wanted to be over it. And I just wanted to most of all, just set an example to other women that it's okay to wear your real God highlights. Um, and hey, people are spending a lot of money to dye their hair silver right now. Did you know that, Leah? Uh, yes, because you would not believe how many people ask me, where did you get your hair done? <laughs> totally. I know. And when I was growing my silver out, I had like this line, you know, like the line that mm -hmm. everyone can see. And people were saying like, where did you get your ombre at? I'm like, ombre? Like, <laughs> like yeah your hair it's like perfect I like oh god gave that to me <laughs> <laughs> that isn't that's awesome that is awesome wow well I think what's special about having an online business is you kind of do get to share your, your life through your platform um but you know I wanted to ask you a little bit because I know that you have really been in this online world and been your own boss for many years and while like people are like oh that's such a dream to be your own boss and you know set your own hours what I found pretty quickly is it really tapped into my workaholicism that I, you know, kind of tend to have. I'm an Enneagram three and um, kind of an achiever. And I find that I want to work all the time. So have you in this journey of your online business and, and everything, have you kind of found some ways to keep that in check or, you know, how are you along those lines? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I have not been perfect in this area, especially early on creating my blog. Um, and especially when it became income producing, it was like, oh, that was a whole new level of workaholic. Oh, yes. Um, but 
Yeah. So I feel like over the last few years, I've really done a decent job. I mean, we can always do better, but I, I really feel for me, it's creating those rituals and those habits and doing them every single day and creating the systems that are going to make you be a better person, not just in your business, but your marriage and your, with your kids and in your home, you know, as a mom. So for me, it's creating those systems that actually move the needle when I'm not even thinking about it. So, um, and a lot of times these systems aren't even related to my business, but they make me be a better entrepreneur. So for instance, meal planning, you know, early on in my blogging life, I had a two-year-old and a newborn and, you know, I had no idea what I was going to make for dinner at six o'clock at night. And that creates stress and resentment. You know, your husband can be like, well, you're just sitting around playing on your computer all day. Then you have time to make something to eat. Totally. So, right. So I think for me, meal planning is huge. Um, if you can't meal plan, I don't know why you can. So let's not make that excuse. But what I'm saying is if you can't, if you feel like you are in a place where you can buy the food, I mean, what are, there's some really great places like Sunbasket and you know all those great ones that you can order your food from but that for me was huge because that was essential we all have to eat you know and we're all at home three meals a day for four people I think I averaged that was like 65 meals a week it was a lot mm -hmm. something a little bit my calculation's not perfect on that but it's that a lot of people huge. eating it's a lot of people eating a lot of food <laughs> And let's not count the kitty snacks. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. All day so. long. Yeah. Which leads me to my next thing is I created a drawer for my kids. So they have a drawer, a snack drawer in the fridge, and then one in the pantry with a basket of food, of snacks they can choose from. And that way I'm like, I don't know what to give you for snack or I don't want to, you know, get up and do that right now. But then they know at three o'clock, I can go get a snack at 10 o'clock. I can go get a snack and I can get one from the fridge or one from the pantry. So just creating those systems, um, as well, you know, because I guess, cause I'm a type seven, I'm a little like flighty having a calendar and a planner that I stick to is so important. So we have a monthly family calendar where we put all our appointments, you know, and then on the fridge, we have a a weekly calendar. And so I love it on the fridge because, and I was a little, I hate clutter. So I kind of hate everything on my fridge, but I was, I was okay for this. But every time you go into the fridge, you see the calendar and we've like been reminded of really important things that we need to be at because we were going to get an avocado out of the fridge or something, you know, for the, for the kids to eat. Um, so That's those awesome. are a couple like in my family life that have been very beneficial and then in my business, what's been really good for me, and um, recently I did a digital detox where I literally said, I'm done with social media. And I think I was off for about six weeks. Um, every day now I have designated social media times. So, mm. you know, twice, maybe three times a day at night, I might do my third one after the kids go to bed, but 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes at night, done, 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 get it all done and schedule post you know i every monday i schedule all of my posts i don't have a va who does that for me because i found that i love doing it it's my voice i love sharing that it doesn't take me more than you know 10 minutes to schedule the whole week and and so those things have been you know really helpful for maintaining my time when i'm working 
when I'm mom, when I'm wife, um, those have been some of the helpful things that I've learned. That's great advice. Actually, uh, I'm trying to practice more of that myself in my business, like batching, I'm calling it, I'm calling it kind of batching, like doing, Mm -hmm. doing the same things in one bit of time that will cover, you know, a long time. So whether it's uh, like today, I'm doing several podcast episodes and that way Mm -hmm. I can record all at once. I can edit all at once. I can do all the show notes at once. And for me, that seems to be working. So that's really good advice. Definitely. I do that. I do the same with email. I do batch email twice a day. I hardly will answer you or even leave my um, computer open where I can hear it ding. Like you don't need to hear emails ding all day long while you're working. That's so distracting. Turn that off. Like you don't need that. Um, Another thing I've done, I clean up my iPhone. You know, I have everything organized on the homepage. I don't have anything that's going to be distracting to me like Facebook or Instagram. I've got to, you know, go into a folder to find those. And if you do that, you're less apt to actually go in there and just mindlessly scroll. You know, just having it off of where you see it all day long will keep you from not using it as much. I think that's really smart. Yeah, just putting it in a folder because if it's, you know, those app icons are made to be pretty, you know, they're mm-hmm. made to want to be clicked. So yes. like, I it a little yeah. bit. <laughs> Especially if your notifications are on. So you need to go through, I mean, I, I personally agree turning every notification off unless there's an app that you really, really need to keep the notification on and stop seeing all those little red bubbles everywhere. That's stressful. Red is oh, yes. like, like when I see that, I'm so stressed out. So Absolutely. last year I used to, yeah, last year I used to have the notifications on and, and I think I had like 4,000 emails at one time. And it's just, you know, thinking about that, that I have to go through all that was so, was causing my whole routine and my whole, you know, everything I was doing with work just to become a big stressful mess. So now I've got zero emails, you know, they're organized into folders if I need to keep them. But in my home page of my email, I don't have any. So I make sure I clear that twice a day. Wow. That is, that is brilliant. So how does one even start to do that? Because right now I have um, a lot in my inbox. You just have to do it. So you just have to get it done. So um, personally for me, I went through, I made sure anything that was important, I just put it into a folder. So I created folders for, you know, my business um, for essential oils or doTERRA, paleo mama affiliates, you know, and I went through and anything I needed to save, I dragged it into there. And then, um, I went into my Gmail and I literally hit delete everything at once. And so after I had cleaned it up. And so once I did that, I was like, I'm never letting it get that high again. And so I haven't since I, I cleaned up that clutter. <laughs> nice. Okay. That's great. Now I want to switch a little bit. Cause I know that Frank works alongside of you and you all have a lot of spinning plates and wonderful projects that you're into, but recently, well, somewhat recently at this point, you have, you both have started a podcast. So tell us about Mm -hmm. that. Yeah. So we have two podcasts. One is essential oil healthcare radio. Don't let the name fool you. We talk about everything. Um, We talk about diet, health and wellness, herbs. I'm recently became an herbalist and, you know, went through herbal medicine school. So I have a lot of training and education in herbs. And the reason why I love herbs is because they are the, the whole plant and they're what create the essential oils. And so, um, 
and so our and my husband's a physician assistant so we he has that medical background where you know he we really balance each other out i am the the dumber one <laughs> no 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 not at all sciencey one <laughs> so um essential oil healthcare radio is one that we do together i love it um it's it's been so good i've really enjoyed doing it and then my husband has one called unconventional wellness and that podcast is about your the whole person really just all these areas of your life where you can live a more unconventional life you know using natural based healthcare and it's it's both of them have been a lot of fun to do a lot of stressful to start up but um once we got it going it's it's been a it's been so much fun just to connect with our readers in that way that's awesome and i definitely want to have frank on the podcast in the near future so i'll be reaching out to him for sure oh yeah for sure he'd love to he loves talking you know he'll he'll do he'll do great at it <laughs> i wonder what his enneagram number is we'll have to have oh. him take the test all right, Jackie. So while the Small Queen of Podcast definitely talks to the woman, we don't really talk to the mom very much, but I thought it would be fun for us to talk about raising healthy, natural children because you and I are actually very passionate about that. Um, we kind of mentioned it earlier uh, that when I really had my light bulb moment when I was pregnant with Norday, and it was kind of like that, oh, what am I putting on in and around my body? It was just, it really was like full force tsunami hitting me mentally. And that really like led me into my natural journey. And was that about a similar situation for you as well? Yeah, it was when I was pregnant with my daughter who is nine now. So it was about 10 years ago. And that was, I think it was sunscreen that did it for me. I was looking at the ingredients. I was about to go out in the sun and sure enough, that big old word hit me like a ton of bricks. And I was like, I can't use that. So what do I do? I've got to learn how to make my own, right? That's what, that's how we all start. So yeah, that's about the same time for me too. That's awesome. I was, um, I was giving Nora Day some of her supplements a couple days ago and then she had something going on. I was also making her up a little oil concoction. And it's so funny because she literally has never had an, any over-the-counter medicine or synthetic you know, product or prescription, nothing. She only knows nutritional supplements, diet, and essential oils for her health. And so it's funny when I come at her with oils, I say, come at her, you know, like, come here. She's like, no medicine, mom, you know? <laughs> I'm like, you have no yes. idea how good it is. You have this. So are your oh, kids the same way? You being real. a herbalist? Yes, they are the same way. They are so funny though. Like they will come home and be like, you know what he was eating at lunchtime and I couldn't believe that his mommy packed that. I'm trying to teach them not to judge. You know, yes. we don't judge what other families do. Um, this is just what's right for our family. You know, they'll say the darndest things for sure. There should be a whole episode on like what crunchy kids say because they really do say the darndest things. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Uh, after we had, uh, we had a home birth with Peter and it was funny, some of the things that Nora Day said because she doesn't remember being born at a hospital, obviously. So all she knows is that, you know, a baby was born at home. And so there were some really funny things that came out of that for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ariana used to say, um, my mommy had Frankie in a bathtub. <laughs> and I was like, you might not want to say that like that. Like people might not understand completely. <laughs> no, nah, I just let it ride. You know, it's cute. Do the children love uh, that, that farm life that you all live? 
They do. Um, they, I think Frankie is a lot like me where he loves adventure and he loves change and he loves movement in his life. Um, and then my daughter who's nine loves just routines and being at home and having her friends around her. So, you know, we go through different moments where we love it. We hate it. We, we want to go in the RV and leave the, we want to go move to Thailand forever. Like we, all the talks, right? So, but overall the kids love it. Um, they don't know anything else. So they, you know, we started raising them in the farm life as soon as pretty much they could remember. So this is all they know, you know, it's, they were just around hanging, hanging with us, watching our chicken the other day when we were butchering them. Yes. And you know, they were a part of that. They understand the cycle. Like in order for us to eat and to have nourishment to our bodies, we have to take care of these animals and feed them and you make sure that they're healthy. And then when the time comes, we have to humanely process them for us to be able to eat them. So we eat probably about, I would say 85 to 90% of our own meat. That's wonderful. And we raise on our farm. And so they're part of that process. They understand it. And I, I believe they appreciate it. And if not now, one day when they grow up, they're going to really look back at this and say, this was a great time in their life. That's wonderful. Do they have daily chores? They do. Yeah. So they, you know, they help collect the eggs. Um, when I travel, my daughter does all the milking for me. So we have milk goats and um, she'll do the milking for me. And when we leave for Mexico next month, my daughter is the one going to do all the chores. So She'll do all the um, feeding and the hay because they'll still be on hay. She'll make sure they're all healthy and put up for the night. Um, and then my son, he's seven and he's a little clumsy, so he doesn't help out with the eggs yet because every time he goes and collects the eggs, he ends up cracking <laughs> about half of them. Um, oh. <laughs> I know it's so cute and I love it, but I'm like, I can't let you keep doing this. So, oh, um, sweet little guy. Yeah. So we got him a cute little basket. I'm like, no more putting the eggs in your pocket. No more putting them like in your shirt or up your sleeve. He did that one day. So, um, but yeah, they have their chores. They stick to it. And then, you know, we also have things that we pay them for. There's chores around the farm that they do because it's a part of being on the farm and on the home. And it's just part of being a part of a family. But then there's also things I believe in paying your kids and creating that entrepreneurship really early on. Like my daughter, no doubt, she's going to be some kind of a salesperson when she grows up. Very good. Um, because she will make money and then she'll go, you know, use that money somehow wisely for the next sale. It's really a genius. So I love it. So we started paying them a few years ago. Like there's chores you can do for 50 cents, like collect all the black walnuts that fall everywhere, you know, and give them to the pigs. And, you know, there's so many things that we can pay our kids for. I know it sounds crazy, but I just don't believe in allowance. I don't believe in just giving you money for no reason. Like you've got to earn it because when you turn 18, that's how life's going to be. I completely agree. I completely agree. Oh, I hate to cut it so short, but listen, I want you to come back on Wednesday because Jackie and I dive in to our experiences with miscarriage, what it was possibly caused by, MTHFR, a genetic mutation many people have and don't know it, how we can support our body through it, 
and getting to the other side. We also get into DIY stuff that's really fun and we have a great round of Small Queen of Mash and quick fire questions to close out the interview. I really hope you'll come back for part two with Jackie on Wednesday. Thank you so much. Stay strong and be kind. Bye. Thank you.